0: around uh, the study sheet for today Um, so as soon as you get this this is kind of the outline for the message Uh,
1: Uh, (laughs) uh,
0: (laughs) I want to thank Richard and Carla for having us here and Richard I sent Richard the PowerPoint This week, I've got everything all set up for me, which I really appreciate.
1: Um,
0: I'll just make sure, wait for a minute until everybody's got their paper. Wow, thank you, Bill, for a wonderful time of worship. I'd like you to just turn your Bibles to Genesis 1 1. Yes, the Old Testament. First book.
1: First book. Uh, we're
0: talking about. Last week we started talking about um, this whole idea of, you know, heaven. You know, where is it, and uh, what's it going to be like, and um, who's going there, and what are we going to do there, and and we talked a little bit about why it's so important uh, to um, to have a <coughs> concept of um, heaven and the afterlife. And I just wanted to, and remember, I told you last week that this, that this word resurgam is a Latin word that means I will arise. And I told you last week that word is, you'll find that word on a lot of different tombstones in Europe. Um, because people, you know, for centuries, you know, had, Christians had that belief, that the faith, I will arise again. This is not the end. When I die, it's not over. Uh, there will be another life in the hereafter. And um, in Genesis 1-1, it says, I love this because we're talking about heaven. It says in verse 1 of Genesis, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. <coughs> right there. In the very beginning, the very beginning of the story that he's given us, the Bible, it says God created the heavens and the earth. And you know what's interesting? Is that God's original intention was not was that we would not die. God's original intention was that Adam and Eve, he placed them in the garden. He told them to take dominion or to take stewardship over the garden to multiply and to fill the earth. Now I want you to think about that for a minute. Multiply and fill the earth. And they were not intended to die. They had relationship with God. God came in the evening and he walked with them. Adam and Eve had a perfect relationship with one another. There was no shame. There was no blame. There was no fear. There was no death. There was no sorrow, folks. That's the way it was. And so the concept of dying and going to heaven was not even the original intention. You see it? They were not supposed to die. This 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 garden that he placed them in, they would not have even stayed there forever. They would have multiplied and filled the earth, filled the earth with what? The glory of God. You know, there's a Hebrew word, and the Jews use this word a lot. It's called shalom. What does shalom mean? We 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 have that word. We know that word to mean peace. But you know, it actually has a deeper meaning. The word shalom actually means fullness. It means you have everything that you need. In the Garden of Eden, there was shalom. There was order. There was beauty. There was abundance.
1: Everything
0: Adam and Eve needed was there. Relationship with God. The created order. The animals and human beings got along together. There wasn't any. There wasn't any hatred. There wasn't any fear between a human and an animal. Adam and Eve they knew each other perfectly, and there wasn't any brokenness in their relationship. It was the. It was paradise, folks. It was the Garden of Eden. It was Shalom, beauty, order, abundance, and when Adam and Eve disobeyed God. And they broke the shalom,
1: okay?
0: Their everything, when they disobeyed God and they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that God did not intend for them to eat of, He never wanted them to know evil. When they ate of that tree, everything was broken, folks. Everything. The relationship with God was broken, which means spiritually, death, spiritual death happened immediately. Their relationship with each other was broken. What's the first thing that happened when they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? They saw each other's nakedness and they were what? Ashamed. Ashamed. They had never felt ashamed before. Then they covered themselves, which means they hid. And then when God came, they were afraid of him. And they hid themselves. And God said, Adam, where are you? And Adam said, well... I'm afraid. We've hidden ourselves. And and God said, what have you done? Have you eaten of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? They were afraid. They had never been afraid of God before. They were afraid of each other. And then they started to blame each other. And, And Adam said, well, God, that woman you gave me, she's the one that made me eat from that tree. And then Eve said, no, the devil made me do it. You see, the three immediate effects of the brokenness in the garden was Shame, fear, and blame—those things never existed before the fall. So the shalom was broken. Their relationship with God was broken. Their relationship with each other, their relationship with the created order. Now there's going to be, uh, as we live in it in today's world, there is a curse on the world. I mean, there was a when when the bro- when this happened in the garden, all of a sudden now there's going to be death. And so this whole, the idea, the whole concept of what God had wanted was broken. And of course God then of course immediately begins to create a redemptive plan. And then he, he, and all throughout the Old Testament, he's giving pictures of what his kingdom could be like. It was broken now, but now he's giving a picture of what the kingdom can be like under David and Solomon remember in the kingdom in the Bible it talks about they had peace on all the borders he gave them the, the laws to know how to live so that they wouldn't be catching all the diseases of the peoples around them he told them how to how to, have, how to take care of the created order how to take care of one another how to love God gave glimpses of the kingdom of how it was supposed to be but they were only glimpses the tabernacle, the temple, all just glimpses, and then Jesus comes. And we talked about this last week, and I did this little this little short review on your paper that our belief about death and the afterlife are important because how we what we believe about death and the afterlife is connected to what we believe about life now. They are not disconnected. Um, The Old Testament reveals that the Hebrew people and other cultures, they believed in an afterlife. The heavens referred to the sky above and the place where God was. The scriptures, both the Old and New Testaments, talked about two distinct destinations, heaven and Sheol. And Sheol refers, can be translated into hell, pit, or grave. So we talked about the fact that you know, this idea that death is the end of everything is a modern idea. It was not uh, an it was not an idea that they had in the Old Testament. And then we talked about how when Jesus came, Jesus talked about that the kingdom of God had just come. The kingdom of God had come. When Jesus came, Jesus represents well Jesus is He he was fully God and fully man. He he leaves heaven. He comes here. And he starts talking about the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is like the hidden pearl, right? Mm -hmm. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven. The kingdom of heaven is like. And he's living his life representing the kingdom. And the kingdom, the word for kingdom in the Greek is basileia, which means Sovereignty, authority, rule um, in the world and in the hearts of men. And Jesus told his disciples, "We." this is where we left off last week, Jesus taught his disciples to pray in Matthew 6, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How we live makes a difference. Okay, so if we can, uh, I'm going to skip down on that PowerPoint. Um, okay, just keep going down um, so this one so this is what we talked about last week what we believe about death and life beyond it is the key to thinking seriously about everything else okay now i just going to keep going keep going I'm just going to go down quite a bit now keep going keep going keep going, keep going. okay go alright go all right. So now we want We're looking at the historic Christian teaching about heaven and how it differs from other views of the afterlife. Okay, next one. And we talked a little bit about other world religions. Okay. I'm going um.
1: Back. Hold on. Okay. Okay. Here we keep go. Going. Yeah. Yep. Keep going. Go. Go. Okay.
0: Keep going. So the other, we talked a little bit about other world religions that Eastern religions like uh, Buddhism and Hinduism believe in reincarnation and, and the idea of karma and nirvana. The idea of death is you just want to escape from this body and you want to just disappear into the created order. That's Eastern religion. Judaism uh, focuses much more on this life now I talked to my Jewish neighbor yesterday the other day and I asked him I said what do you believe about the afterlife and he said I went to Hebrew school for years we never talked about it we never talked about the afterlife he said now he's a secular Jew you know orthodox Jews do believe in the afterlife but a secular Jew he says we never talk about it he said the focus is life right now being a good person now he says we never talk about the next life And then in Islam, they do believe in the afterlife, and they believe in the final judgment, but they do not, of course, they do not believe in Jesus and what he did on the cross for us. Okay, next. Okay, so this idea of the afterlife is very important, and the idea that death is the end of everything is a very modern idea that's come out of Western philosophy. Okay, the next one. Okay, so keep going. Go. Okay, so now here's where we're going to start today. I want to look at some particular scriptures about what uh, in the New Testament of what heaven is, ta- how heaven is talked about. Okay, here's a famous one: J- John 14 verses 1 to 3. And we we've, we've read this scripture many times. It says, "Let your heart not let, let, let your hearts be troubled." Jesus was saying this to his disciples when he was getting ready to go to the cross. Okay, this is this is the last. This is called the final discourse in the scriptures. This is some of the final things that Jesus said to his disciples. And he said, Don't be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. One of the great passages of comfort that Jesus has gone ahead of us to prepare a place for us, and He will come back and get us, and He will, and we will be with Him. Okay, the next one um, is in uh, Second Corinthians, verse five, chapter five, verses one to ten. I didn't write all this one out, but in Second Corinthians chapter five, um, Paul is talking about uh, heaven. And this is what he has to say. He says, "For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, talking about our body, okay, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent, this body, we groan. Can anybody relate to that? (laughs) You ever wake up some mornings and you know you're 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 groaning, you know, you know." As a guarantee. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage. And we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him.
1: Mm.
0: Now that's what we talked about last week. We don't live for heaven, we live for Jesus. Amen. we don't live for heaven we don't live to be taken out of this place we live for Jesus whether we're here or there we, our aim is to please him folks we're still going to be pleasing him when we're in the next life it's not like this life and the next life are. there's a difference but there's a thin veil between this life and the next life if we're really followers of Jesus our aim is to please him now and And forever. But now we have a body that's temporary. It's going to die. Okay? I look in the mirror some days and I go, yep, it's dying. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Um, But we, and then it says, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Folks, it's standard Christian teaching that there is life after this and that our bodies we have now are going to be more fully clothed. Folks, we're going to see this in a few minutes. We are going to get new bodies. This body will die but we will get a new body just like Jesus did. Jesus got a new body, a resurrected body. So again, this passage here is is a tremendous passage of hope that our Christian hope is that God is with us now and will be with us forever. Okay? The next one is 2 Corinthians 12. This is an interesting one because Paul is talking about a vision he had well, or, or an experience he had. Paul says, I must go on boasting, though there is nothing to be gained by it. I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ, he's talking about himself, who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. What's the third heaven?
2: One after the second.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we have no idea, folks. We have no idea. Don't make a theology about it. It's something that Paul talked about. He says, whether I was in the body or out of the body, I don't even know. God knows. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise. Whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know. God knows. And he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. Interesting, isn't it? Paul heard things, and he said, I can't even talk about them. They are not to be told for this life. Mm -hmm. Folks, all we know is that Paul had some kind of an encounter with God that took him up into the heavens. And he himself said, whether it was in the body or out of the body, I don't even know. God knows. You read a lot of books today that Mm -hmm. talk about out-of-body experiences Mm -hmm. where they went to heaven and came back. Mm -hmm. Paul had one, too. But he says, I'm not even going to talk about it because there are things that cannot even be uttered. Interesting, isn't it? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Go to the next one. And then, of course, this is the famous scripture in Philippians that Paul says, I love this. He says, our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And often when I'm teaching around the places that I go to, I tell people, look, we've got a dual citizenship. I'm a United States citizen, or maybe you're a Panamanian citizen, or a Chinese citizen, or a Korean citizen, but we have a dual, Peruvian uh, citizenship. We have a dual citizenship, folks. We have our citizenship is in heaven, if you're a believer in Jesus. And you also have a citizenship here on earth, in your own national country. Which citizenship takes priority if there is a conflict? It's the heavenly one. It's the heavenly one. If my government or someone here asks me to do something that I know violates the citizenship that I have in heaven, the word of God that God has given me to live by, then I have to remain faithful to my number one citizenship, which is heavenly. Amen. But it's a dual citizenship, folks. We don't live... We live here on the earth with creatures, with our feet on the ground. We go to work every day. We have people we relate to. We have families. We love one another. We have responsibilities. We don't have you ever heard that saying, they're so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good? <laughs> In other words, they, people are sometimes are living disconnected lives because they just want to go on to the next life. And But there's a purpose for us being here, folks. There's a purpose to be here. It's the kingdom purpose. Okay, the next one. And then in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, if you'll look at that one. I didn't, this is a long passage, so I didn't type it all out. 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 13 to 18. Again, this is Paul writing to the church. And he says, look, he says, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep. That means people who have died. That you may not grieve as others who do not have hope. Okay? Folks, there are two types of grieving. There's the grieving of people who have no hope. And then there's Mm -hmm. the grieving of people who do. And he says, For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, Even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. Those are those who have died. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not perceive those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from where? Heaven, with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. So folks, there we know this, this is a standard Christian teaching that when, when the Lord comes back again, the people who have died already in Christ will rise again. And then those who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to be with, meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Encourage one another with these words. Now, so there is going to be a time that we will rise again. Now the question always comes what happens to someone who has already died and they're they're not they're, they they haven't gotten their new body yet, all right? They're dead. They've been buried and they and um but they're not going to get they're not going to rise again with a new body until Jesus comes again. So what kind of what kind of well, how to put it? Existence. Existence. Are do those people have right now? Well, folks, we don't totally know.
1: I was going to say you get yourself into some trouble right now. We don't totally know. <laughs> no, I'm
0: not going to get into that trouble. I'm just going to be real honest and say we don't know. Some people believe that literally. They, some people believe in what's called soul sleep, which is, means that the, the people just are staying asleep until the Lord comes again. Some people believe, no, they're there and that our souls have gone on to heaven and that they are, people are with the Lord, but, they're, but they haven't gotten their new bodies yet. And folks, it is, um, we don't totally know. Okay, but we do know that we are going to get new bodies. All right, next slide. And then here, I love this one. This is Paul as he was getting ready to die. He knew he was going to die soon. Paul says I'm already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. What a what a statement to say. And then he says, "Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing." Paul says I know my time has come. I know I'm getting ready to die. I've kept the faith. And then he talks about this crown of righteousness that's waiting for those who have faithfully followed the Lord. I remember seeing an interview with Billy Graham at the Billy Graham Center in Wheaton, Illinois. And they asked Billy Graham, Are you looking forward to your crown of righteousness? And you know what he said? Billy Graham said, I just hope I get in. And he says to "You No, he didn't say that. He said, I just hope that he'll be able to say to me, Well done. Thou good and faithful servant. What a humble statement. Here's a man who lived his whole entire life, just turned 95 years old. He wasn't looking at the crown of righteousness. He was looking at, I just hope that my Savior will be able to say to me, Well done, my good and faithful servant. And of course, whatever crown of righteousness we get, if we even get one, what are we going to do with them? Throw them at the feet of Jesus in worship because it's all him. Yeah. Next. Then in 1st Peter chapter 1, if you could look at that for me. 1st Peter chapter 1. Um and this is Peter writing and verses 3 to 9. Um And then he just goes on and just says, you know, um, that in verse eight, though you have not seen him, you love him; though you do not now see him, you believe in him, and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Folks, it says that we have the re- that be- we have been, our in- we have an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading kept in heaven because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I want to re-emphasize this over and over again. The resurrection of Christ is our living hope. Amen. Because he resurrected and he defeated death and defeated he defeated hell and death. He resurrected, he took on a new body, and he ascended back to be with the Father. And then he sent us the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, to be with us. That is the basis for our Christian hope. It's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He is our living example. Okay, the next one. And then I had asked you last week to look at the last couple of chapters of Revelation. And I want to look at Revelation chapter 21, verse 1. Now I want you to remember that we looked at Genesis 1-1, God made the heavens and the earth. Now look at this, Revelation 21. I I, I started today by talking about the shalom that was in the garden. And it was broken. And that means that God had to redeem, through Jesus, he had to redeem everything back to himself. Mm -hmm. Folks, not only our sin, he is redeeming the created order back to himself. He is redeeming everything that was lost. Everything that was lost. He's redeeming it back to himself. You can see that in Colossians chapter 1. Christ died to reconcile everything back to himself. And in in Revelation chapter 21, verse 1, it says here, and this is after the defeat of Satan, the final judgment, this is what it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning or crying or pain, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. All things new, folks. All things new. And then go down to verse 8. But as for, And then it says, verse 7, The one who conquers will have his heritage. I will be his God, and he will be my son. But for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, the murderers, the sexually immoral, the sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Folks, in the new Jerusalem, in the new Jerusalem, it's going to be for us. His people, God's people, the one who have loved God, who want to be there. I love the way some theologians put it. They go, you know, um, they wouldn't want to, if people don't love God, they wouldn't want to be in heaven. (laughs) It would be torture for them. Because in heaven, it's going to be pure. It's going to be, it's going to be lovely. It's going to be worshiping God, his presence, his holiness. And who, if you don't love God, you wouldn't want to be there. And so this is, and then it says, it goes on and talks about um, what's it going to be like. And, and look in verse 15. And the one who spoke with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city and its gates and its walls. The city lies four square. It means it looks like a big square. And its length is the same as its width. And he measured the city with his rod, 12,000 stadia. Now, to put that in perspective for you, if you were to take the New Jerusalem and put it over the map of the United States, it would go from the East Coast all the way to Texas, all the way to the Texas, this way. And then all the way up and all the way down. It's, it's like 1,500 miles wide and high and deep. I mean, it's beyond comprehension. It's the New Jerusalem. And then it says in verse 18, the walls are made of jasper and the city is pure gold, as clear as glass. And it just describes the gates are made of pearls and the streets are pure gold. And look in verse 22, and I saw no temple in the city for the temple is the Lord. Folks, do you see it? In the Old Testament, there were only pictures of the kingdom. The temple, the tabernacle, a picture of what it's going to be like. Now the Bible's describing what it is. This is the, this is the, the new Jerusalem, and it says that we're not even going to need a temple because the temple's the Lord. There won't be a sun or a moon anymore because the God itself, himself will be the light. And, the, and it says in verse 24, By the light the nations will walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. The gates will never be shut by day and there will be no night there. They will bring into it the glory and honor of the nations and nothing unclean will ever enter it. Nothing unclean will ever enter it. Folks, we have this amazing promise that this life is not all there is. But, while we're here, we're praying, may your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Glimpses of the kingdom here, right now, as the way we live our lives. If you'll turn to the back page, back part of the page here, I just made a few comments about church history. In the time uh, of the Roman Empire, there was—I uh, just gave one example here. This was the actually a, a book written called "The Martyrdom of Perpetua and Felicity," two women who were thrown to the wild beasts. They were followers of Jesus. They were, they were thrown to the beast in the Roman Colosseum. And before she died, Perpetua had a dream about seeing her dead brother in heaven. So see, this whole thing about people that have had visions mm-hmm. about heaven is nothing new, folks. So when you read them today, you know that it has happened historically. Father Gregory of Nazantius Nis- in the 4th century, he, he described heaven as the place where the tired pilgrim could finally rest in God. Mm -hmm. Doesn't that sound good? (laughs) Hallelujah. And be released from the distractions of the flesh and fully enjoy the nearness of Christ. Augustine wrote, Our heart does not rest until it rests in God. And he wrote about his vision of heaven in his book called The City of God. Now, look at the next phrase I put there. And this is very important, folks. We live in the tension the kingdom of God has come in Christ. It is coming through Christ in us, and it will come when Christ returns. Do you catch that? This is what is often missing in the church today. The kingdom of God has come. It is coming, and it will come. Folks, when Jesus lived on earth, he brought the kingdom. What did he do? We talked about last week, he healed people, he set people free, he showed the Father's character in the way he lived his life. Um, he, uh, he taught a radically different way to live, love your enemies, um, humility, taking care of the poor, he cared about injustice. And then when Jesus died and was resurrected and went back to be with the Father, he sent the Holy Spirit and he said, okay, now I'm empowering you. And then it says in the New Testament, where's the kingdom of God? Where is it? It is within you. The kingdom of God is in you, Carlos. When you go to Walmart, the kingdom of God has just shown up in Walmart." You're walking around with the kingdom of God in you. You go down to the... You go to, to work. You you get into... You're to go to work. Kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is within you. How you do your work makes a difference in this life. How you love your wife. How you take care of your family. How you take care of your finances. How we live our lives makes a difference, folks. When we walk into the grocery store, do we have eyes that look at other people and go, Wow... Those are people that God loves. Those are people that God made. Do I see anybody that needs help? Do I see anybody that needs a word of encouragement? Can I smile at the cashier? Or am I just like everybody else that's grumpy and complains all the time and impatient? I mean, folks, it makes a difference how we live our lives. Because the kingdom of God is still coming on earth as it is in heaven through us, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And then the kingdom of God will finally come when Jesus returns, folks. So we have this wonderful Christian hope because what we do here makes a difference. And then, I just want to finish off by making a couple comments here. Our new bodies, if you look in the passages in Luke and John about the resurrected body of Jesus, it's amazing. Jesus had a new body, but what did he do? He still ate food. He had scars on his body. He would walk through walls. They would be meeting like this, and Jesus would just suddenly appear. He did not have the restraints that our bodies now have. And he, um, and you know what? What will our bodies be like in the next life? Probably amazing. <laughs> pro- ama- pro- we have, we really don't know. But if we look at the example of Jesus's new body, he did not have the same limitations that our body now has, and the limitations that his earthly body had, he has a new body, we will get a new body time will be different, God created time for us, not for him he created time for us time in God is completely different and uh, and then it's also another interesting passage that, we'll, that uh, it says in um, it says in Matthew when they ask Jesus about the resurrection, he says well they're not going to be married or given in marriage in heaven. Interesting passage. Um, so it says, then I have it written down here, from a garden to a city, from paradise to heaven, the restoration of God's original intentions, shalom, the new Jerusalem, shalom. Order, beauty, abundance, with God forever. So I just wanted to uh, end today by help, having us look at a song Uh, that Mercy Me wrote Won't You Be My Love how many of you have heard this song Won't You Be My Love by Mercy Me to me it's a great picture of what does it mean to live uh, the kingdom of God now on earth uh, while we're here so I want us to just listen to this Um, it's just a it's not a real long song
1: you fall asleep tonight in your warm and cozy room, know that I'm awake enough. Got no shelter and no food, and I am not alone. My friends are broken, low Looking for someone to lead them to my cross, I need your help, I need your help. to
0: Won't you be my hands helping, my feet walking? Won't you be my chain breaker? Won't you be my peacemaker? And leading them where? To the the cross. Leading them to the cross. Man, when I was preparing for this, my heart was so full. I was thinking of so many different things. You know, I, I mentioned this last Sunday. I mean, I had Anastasia over for dinner the other night. I was like... Somebody cared enough to adopt her. Mm-hmm. Caring enough to make a difference in one child's life. Roger and Wendy just adopted Henry. Um, you know, reaching out to our international friends, um, making a difference wherever we are, folks, whether it's on the NC State campus or whether we at work, whether in our brand new marriage, how we're gonna treat each other, what kind of your your marriage will make a difference in this world. Your marriage will make a difference in this world. Mm-hmm. You know, folks, there's a sense there's a tremendous sense of purpose that God has given us. A tremendous hope. Not only for the life to come, but for the life right now. And it, it just it helps me get up in the morning and just Yeah, have hope. Amen. Um I was thinking about my mom, you know, I was really afraid to move her up here. I didn't know what it would mean for my life. And um but you know what I told the Lord the other day I don't know what it will still mean but I won't trade it for anything for the last two years the joy of seeing the what he's done in my mother's life and the joy that she's brought me and the stability and some of the 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 um, completion that has come into my life because she's told me stories about my dad that I never heard before and I never lived close to my parents for most of my adult life and that the sense of the sense of stability it has brought to me. I'll never, never regret it. And, and, and my mom called me last night she says, you know Camille, she's with my grand, my nephew down in Florida. She said, you know, I'm spending time here. Uh, I'm helping people make memories of me that they will never forget. Now that's an 82-year-old woman and her purpose right now is to help sh- take the time to help other people in the family make memories of her that, that they will never forget. Can you believe it? 82 years old, she has purpose. She has purpose. She gets she volunteers at her church, and I went to, be, to see her a few weeks ago, and showed up at the office where she's working, and she's like, I said, Mom, she said, people love me here. <laughs> yeah, and she, said, and she I said, I said, Mom, you know, don't make sure you don't overdo it. She goes, Camille, i got to have a reason to get up every morning.
1: Yeah. That's
0: how God made us, folks. Amen. Before the fallenness in the garden, people were, had a purpose. They had a purpose. They had a reason to get up in the morning. There was work to do. Even after the fall, we were created in the image of God to have purpose. So I wanted to just take a moment. Just think, just ask the Lord, what does he want to speak to you from the message we've heard the last couple of Sundays? That When Jesus said, pray that... The kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven what does that mean for you what does the Lord want to speak to you can we just take a moment just to be quiet before the Lord and then we'll wrap it up Father I just want to thank you so much thank you Jesus for coming here on earth living in a human body restricted by a human body and then your death and resurrection and ascension and that you are now with the father and you have a new resurrected body and Lord you will come again and Lord we think of those that we love that are already there with you They already have, they're already with you, Lord. We don't understand all that that means, but they're with you. And those of us that are still here, Lord, help us to live faithful to you. To see people come to Jesus because of our life here on earth. To make a difference in our lives, Lord. To represent your kingdom. That other people would look and say, Wow, that's, why do you live like that? And be able to share Jesus with them. Lord, help us to be your chain breakers, your peacemakers, your hands, your feet, your love. Lord, we just need you. We can't do it on our own. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're with us, empowering us, helping us. Lord, we just worship you this morning. And we thank you, Lord, that there is a life after this. I thank you, Lord, that we are not people without a hope. We have a great hope, and it's found in you. Bless
1: my brothers and
2: sisters this morning, In the name of Jesus. And if y'all would look on page 31, start going to do this final song. It starts Your voice speaks in every language. that's in right now. Look at page thirty-four. In the people that can walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, worthy of the Gospel. Make us into chain breakers and peacemakers, Lord. Make us into people that know that our future and our destiny and our citizenship is with You. So no matter what comes our way, Lord, on this earth, it's something that You allowed and brought into our lives that Christ might be glorified. we just submit every every situation every decision we cast our weight upon you. We thank you Lord for the thousands and millions of blessings you have given us. And I ask Lord that this week you would especially yes. make us thankful <coughs> the fact that you, we are we are we are among the beloved Lord, so make us generous and loving people as so we present ourselves as an offering to you. And I pray this together in Jesus' Is there another prayer that anybody would like?